Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everybody. It's Brian Davis here, Longhorn Confidential. Longhorn Confidential is brought to you by Zaxby's. Taking chicken to a whole new level of flavor. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order at Zaxby's.com. Well, the Texas Longhorns got another victory Saturday night, 36-30 over those Oklahoma State Cowboys. The problem, though, is that uh, it left their their injury situation. Now the Bevos are decimated on the back end. I'm on with Cedric Golden. Said, did you get an MRI? On Sunday, uh, no, because I, I don't think those machines could cut through all of that fat. But as far <laughs> as muscles are concerned, I mean, the Longhorns got problems, bro. Longhorns got problems. Uh, Tom Herman went over the injury update uh, after the game, but then um, everybody got checked out again on Sunday, and Texas had a more uh, complete injury report released Monday. Uh, and we'll get right to it here. Caden Stearns, your starting safety, has a sprained knee ligament. He will be out four weeks. Uh, cornerback Josh Thompson, a guy who is really kind of coming on in the last few weeks. He's now got a broken foot. He will miss, quote, an undetermined significant period of time, unquote, per Texas. Jalen Green, the starting corner, who has started all season long and done pretty well. He had been the best of the four corners that had played thus far. He got a dislocated shoulder. He went low to try to tackle OSU's Chuba Hubbard um, right there towards the goal line, right in the red zone there. A separated shoulder, I'm sorry, dislocated shoulder, uh, and he will be out four weeks. And then uh, Marcus Tillman, the linebacker who's a freshman, he got hurt on the opening kickoff. Uh, he's got a third-degree sprain of his MCL. He's going to need surgery, and he will be out the rest of the season. And said, uh, I thought the secondary played uh, pretty dang well against Tylen Wallace, uh, who did not have 100 yards Saturday night. But when you think about the timeline going forward, Texas has an off week, then they've got West Virginia, and then we're going to the Cotton Bowl, and none of these guys are going to play against Oklahoma in the Cotton Bowl. Said, is Texas in trouble? Texas not in trouble. They're just not going to win the Big Twelve. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, they could still they could still go nine and three or ten and two, which is what most of us thought, BD. And you mentioned those guys that are all are all going to be out for a while. Yeah, we were talking about the guys that got hurt and came back, like right. Andre Colburn and Malcolm Roach. Those guys got laid out, and they came back and played. So, uh, best great time for a bye week. I mean, it really is. And you got to give props to that secondary. Tyler Wallace, five catches, only 83 yards after hitting them with the double Franklin last season. Yep. I just, I just think that T.O. had a, a really good uh, game plan. Uh, they limited uh, Chuba Hubbard, uh, 37 carries to get those 100 yards. So, uh, that was that. If you're a defensive coach, that was that was a great night, except for all the injuries. And I I think that this is a good time to to get uh, those guys that are going to actually play in two weeks healthy. But boy, losing to Caden Stearns and and uh, Josh Thompson and guys like that, man, that is not going to bode well. Not only for OU, but I'm telling you, they've never had an easy trip to West Virginia, bro. Absolutely, that's absolutely right. And. You know, I asked uh, Tom on the Big 12 Conference call today, what is your message to, to the secondary and to the team? 
And Tom, very kind of matter of fact, he says, you know, I, I, I'm not losing sleep over it because I really like the backups. I think we've, I think they've gotten, he's, he, this is Herman saying, I think that we've got good numbers there. Again, according to Tom Herman, um, I mean, I think that's him putting a brave face on a bad situation, quite frankly. I mean, obviously, you don't expect him to go, man, everything's hunky-dory after all those uh, after all those injuries. But, you know, you're not supposed to show weakness either. You're supposed to show that you believe in your recruiting and you believe uh, you believe in the guys in the system, right? Yeah, and if the, and if the leader is panicking, then that's going to trickle down to everybody else. So Absolutely. Tom's got to keep a straight face and a and a and a stern jaw, a locked jaw when it comes to uh, these kind of things. You lose those that kind of talent. Of course Tom Herman's worried about what could happen for the rest of the season. But the good part is, BD, they got a W. And this is not the kind of game that Texas used to win. They lost a couple of these type games mm-hmm. in his first year. So these guys that are on the team have come of age. Uh, they they want a they want a big game to start out the Big Twelve. They get they get to rest up a little bit and uh, get after a team that they are better, still better than even with the injuries. They're still they're still way better than West Virginia. But a long road trip is never easy. So that's true. Uh, big 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 uh, big bye week and then a really big two weeks after that. So I think it's going to be I think it's going to be interesting to see who's able to go. If Colin Johnson can't go in two weeks, then that's not a sprain. That's a tear. Absolutely, and you know, let's let's talk about the offense real quick. Um, said I thought it was fascinating that the the quarterback uh, whose name escapes me all of a sudden, who threw for four <laughs> touchdowns. Uh, yes, he had his first interception of the year off of a tip drill on a on a tough ball to Malcolm Epps, um, but he had his first interception of the year, four touchdowns, uh, and a major twenty one. I think it was twenty one yard run to basically seal it. For uh, for the horns there against the pokes, and Sam Ellinger's name was not mentioned once in the post game press conference. Not by Tom, not by us, not by anybody. And I'll ask you, uh, I I think he's Superman. I think he's going to have to be Superman the rest of the year. But are we already? I don't want to say taking this guy for granted, but are we maybe taking this guy for granted? How well Sam is playing? You know what? What it means is he's ascended to greatness, BD. You expect it now. It's not a big deal that Sam Ellinger threw for four touchdowns because that's what Sam Ellinger does. Right. Who would have thought that two years ago? I know I wouldn't have. It, it's a testament to how the, how much work that this kid has put in to get better and how these coaches have coached him up. He is a stud horse who brings it every single Saturday without fail. And the fact that he can put up those kind of numbers in a Big 12 game, in a conference game, with with a team against a team that's got uh, loaded offensively, and uh, coming in here just as confident, the fact that he can put up those numbers and not even get asked about lets you know that people have accepted without even saying it. BD mm-hmm. Sam Ellinger's a great player. He's an elite quarterback. Absolutely. I absolutely felt that way. Another guy who I thought uh, was elite Saturday night that, that we should talk about said is Keontae Ingram. Uh, I thought he played a grown A-man football game uh, Friday night, especially on about a 26-yard catch over the middle that got the horns mm-hmm. in prime scoring position, set up Roshan Johnson's touch, two-yard touchdown run there uh, in the second half. Um, Texas needs 
their running back, whoever it is, whoever it is, they need that guy to be a star. And Saturday night, after three games of so-so performance, Keonta Ingram got rid of the knee brace that had that had he thought slowed him down, and I thought he looked like a star. He ran angry, and I don't know that he's run angry all year. Uh, he's he's been a little shiftier trying to get people to miss, but he decided to put that foot, that one foot in the ground, and then go straight one cut, and he got his yards. I think Roshan Johnson's stellar play over the last couple of weeks has lit a fire under Keontae, Absolutely. Keontae Ingram. And Keontae knows that uh, it's, there's a chance he could lose his starting position. I know I know that you got to have more than one running back, but we weren't really talking about Keontae Ingram in a good way in the last few weeks. But after this performance, he's kind of he's kind of put it out there now that, yeah, uh, Texas doesn't have just one good running back. There's two. And there's no such thing as bad competition. This Correct. is healthy competition, and it helps that backfield room all the way around. Absolutely. Okay, let me, let me ask you this. Let me, let me reframe this debate just a little bit, okay? I know how you feel about Devin DuVernay, Jake Smith, the receiving core, okay? The guys who passed the eye test, so to speak. Knock on wood. Knock on wood if you're with me. Um, Sam Ellinger, a running hard Keontae Ingram, uh, this receiving core, and a solid offensive line, okay? As long as all of this stays intact, Cedric, don't you think Texas has a chance in every game, regardless of who's playing in the secondary? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, this is the Big 12. This, is, this isn't the 85 Chicago Bears are playing against every week. Right. They're playing against defenses that are dropping eight and rushing three. And Sam Ellinger has shown with his decision-making that he's just fine with that. This, this team is going to score on against whomever they play. As long as they stay healthy up front and, and Sam stays upright and uh, Colin Johnson comes back uh, with, with the addition of Jake Smith and, and Devin DuVernay, uh, they're, as good, they're as good as any offense out there. They're going to be in every single game they play. Will they win those games? No. They, they're not going to win every game. But they're going, they're going to be one tough out. They're, they're a very good offense, and they know what they're doing, and, and they, have a, they have the right guy at the controls. Sam Ellinger has ascended to, to a top five, top ten quarterback in all of college football, and he's only getting better. Absolutely, said. Well, this, like you said, this is an off week for Texas, so you take an off week as well. You go get the MRI on whatever it is you need. <laughs> I'm going to get an MRI this week just for the hell of it because everyone else is getting one, and uh, we will lock and load this football program uh, in two weeks at West Virginia. A 2.30 kick. By the way, for those of you who are who are do not like traveling those country roads uh, late at night, two thirty uh, in the mountains against the Mountaineers. Said, thank you, sir. Okay, brother. Well, now we've checked in with Seth. Let's go check in with Kirk Bowles, who I also presume is getting MRIs somewhere out there in the hinterlands. Uh, Kirk, can you hear me? You're coming in loud and clear. Okay, he's not in a he's not in an MRI tube apparently, folks. So that was good. Not yet. Let's talk about what happened at Moncrief today because Tom Herman, because it is off week, Tom Herman uh, did not meet with reporters today, so there is nothing to uh, tune in at noon and watch. But we did meet with several other coaches today, Jared Elliott, the volleyball coach of the uh, top-ranked Longhorn volleyball team, along with David Pierce, he of the uh, baseball program. And then we met with Shaka Smart of the uh, Texas basketball team. And, Kirk, this is the guy that gets our attention today. Uh, because 
Shaka faces a, a very pivotal season with no reason to sugarcoat it. This is a, a must-win year for him, although we thought the same last year, but I think it's even more of a do-or-die situation now. Shaka Smart, who has yet to uh, win an NCAA tournament game in his four years, uh, basically had a 500 record. Uh, Kirk, you come out of the gate with your guns blazing as usual and said, Coach, do you have any shooters? And my question to you, sir, is uh, do you believe him? <laughs> well, based on his track record, I'd say no. <laughs> uh, I don't believe it until you and I see it with our own eyes. But uh, It's interesting, you know, right? His first comeback was that, what did he say they made more threes than anybody in the Big 12? I don't know what their percentage was off the top of my head, but uh, uh, maybe because they were behind and they were chunking them up there a lot. Probably. But, uh, but you know, it, it remains to be seen, obviously. I mean, Jace Febris is can be, looks like a pure shooter, and then he'll disappear for a while. And they've got to get more out of, uh, you know, Mac Bowman and Courtney Ramey. They're two uh, interchangeable point guard, wing guard, shooting guard. So, uh, But they better hope one of them is a shooting guard because uh, that's probably where they're going to need a lot of help. Well, here's the thing. So I, as we're talking here, I looked it up, and Shaka is absolutely right. Texas made 312, 312 made three-pointers last year, more than any other team in the Big 12. Iowa State had 294, TCU had 281. And if you want to talk about bad offenses, look at Oklahoma. Oklahoma was dead last with 104 uh, made three. So although that says that was in 17 games, so I don't know what what that that stat looks a little incomplete there, but uh, but nonetheless, uh, shooting has been their problem. It's never been it's never been the talent issue. You and I are in full agreement on that. They've had plenty of talent right. every year. Um, I truly believe that their problem has been between the ears. Well, and you know, Shaka talks about between the ears all the time. Connectivity is a word that. Well, he can't go three minutes without using connectivity claims right. for the guy next to you. But in all fairness, Tom Herman does the same thing. It's about loving your neighbor and playing hard for your neighbor and sure. your teammate next to you and not caring about stats, and he's right about that. But I don't, it just seems like, I don't know if you agree or disagree, Brian, but it just seems like they've always kind of played tight, you know. And uh, what were the three words he used today? He wants them to be aggressive, confident, and loose. Right. With the three phrases he used. And, and, Anybody who's ever played sports or been around sports, the really great one is instinctive. You don't have to think first. And, uh, you know, he, and now he's finally got some uh, a class, or rather a team with uh, some experience. You know, uh, Matt Coleman, Courtney Ramey have been together for a while. Jay Fabris has been there a while. You know, Royce Ham go down the list. Mm-hmm. They do miss Snoop and uh, Dylan Osekowski, obviously, but they, they – I'm not saying it's a senior team, but uh, it's not an old team, but as Shaka said, we're older. And so that should speak to some uh, improvement, wouldn't you think? Absolutely. And I, th- and I think that Courtney Ramey uh, is going to end up being the face of this thing, uh, probably a little bit so- more so than Matt Coleman, even though they will push them equally to begin with. Um, right. I-, I think this is going to be Courtney Ramey's team, uh, good, bad, or indifferent. Um, I agree. Jericho Sims, I agree. Jericho Sims has got to make – uh, a substantial move this year. I mean, if he hasn't been motivated uh, by what uh, Mo Bamba and uh, uh, Jackson Hayes have done the last two years, then I I don't know what it, what it would take. Um, so so there's your there's your big man. They keep talking up Kai Jones. I really think he is going to be the ta- most impressive of the three freshmen uh, from everything that uh, we've heard and and the, the the few practices that I've been to and seen. 
once again, I don't I I just don't think, Kirk, that athleticism is gonna be their problem. I just don't see it. I think that they'll have plenty of athleticism to be competitive in every game. And, and you know, we talked about defense today in uh, how you pronounce Luke's last name, Yaklich. Uh, Coach Yaklich, yes. From Michigan. And coming coming in from Michigan, he's a defensive guru, passionate about defense. Shaka said this morning, you know, he goes to bed dreaming about defense, which we can talk about that later. Maybe he needs some therapy. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> he's committed to defense, you know. And, and I don't know what you thought when I asked him, are we, we going to see more havoc? Because that was the defensive scheme and philosophy. And he kind of danced around it a little bit, saying maybe you might see elements of that. And he said, it's one thing to make turnovers, but if you're making turnovers and still can't put it in the bucket, it's demoralizing. And that was already used demoralizing. So do you think with with him coming over that he's going to emphasize defense even more, Brian? I, I don't I don't think we're going to see the true havoc. I, I just don't because yeah. um, we, because I think we would have seen it by now, regardless of personnel. Right. Um, you know, if, if we haven't seen it by now, I don't think we're going to see it. Uh, you know, they might just press a little bit more. Press a little bit more, press in key situations. I think in the Big 12 you have uh, talented guards who who can handle that sort of pressure. That's why it doesn't rattle them the way it would right. in, in a mid, mid-major conference with, with with basically less talented guards. Right, right. And the, and the two people we haven't mentioned yet, mm-hmm. Will Baker, the seven-footer from Westlake, I, I'm higher on him than some people. I, you know, I saw him play a couple times in – high school and he can shoot face in the basket and I don't know the jury's still out on on how big an impact he has and Andrew Jones the the guard who went down with leukemia and has kind of fought his way back and he's right. a shoot so those two got to be big big playing big roles in this on this roster don't you think right absolutely and I think Andrew Jones is going to play probably more than we think this year right. uh you know not not Thirty minutes, not even twenty-five minutes, but pro- but maybe ten, maybe maybe mm-hmm. eight to ten, somewhere in there. Right. Uh, come off right. the bench, get, give you a spot, three-point shooter off set plays. He'd be pretty mm-hmm. good. I could see Will Baker being a guy who needs time to develop. You look at you look at Jaron Allen, uh, Mo Bamba, and even Jackson Hayes. None of those three guys turned it on until Christmas time, right? Mm-hmm. Christmas right. time right. was the was the big bellwether moment where they where the switch came on because that was essentially two months of playing uh you know mm-hmm. essentially collegiate basketball. So right. I don't expect to see Will the Thrill uh tearing it up until you know the stockings are hung by the chimney with care. So Well and it, and you're right and it, and it darn sure better be Jericho Sims because if if he doesn't assert himself that first month of the season they've got know, problems Will Baker and Kai Jones maybe usurping his role so it's put up or shut up for Jericho he needs absolutely to be more assertive dominate and he's not a dominant player but I mean he's got athleticism you were talking about that word earlier he's got athletic we've seen the way he can jump so mm-hmm. it's just and, and and I wonder about their confidence Brian it's like what is their confidence level when you go 16 and 16 and and uh, don't get in the NCAA tournament. Yet you win five games and win the NIT. So that's kind of an unknown thing. Do they? Does that serve them better? Because well, they didn't make the NCAA tournament. But hey, you won five games and you're hanging a banner. So that do you is think true. they gain anything from that? Well, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, yeah. to me, to me, that's what the to me they won the they won the NIT because they had this shoulder. To, they had the boulder taken off their shoulder. Right, mm-hmm. they, they didn't. There was no pressure. There right. was no pressure. Right, there was no pressure. Right. So they played free and loose. 
you know, beat up on TCU, got even with them, and then just absolutely thumped Lipscomb uh, in the finals yeah. in the Garden. So that was that that was big. You know, the trick is can they play with that kind of mentality from yeah. from November fifth on? That's the question. Right. Right? And, and confidence is just such a it's such a weird thing. We see it where NFL players or Major League Baseball players lose their confidence, and you think what you know at that level, but it's true. You know, Absolutely. batters go into slumps, pitchers, you know, have two or three starts where they can't get anybody out. And it's just because everybody's so good at that level that if you're a little bit off your game, you know. But, it, you know, the last thing is that the home schedule's not the best, so they ought to be able to beat up on some weak sisters at home, right? I know the road schedule's a little better. Road schedule's a lot better. All the best games are going to be on the road this year, unfortunately, but that's just the right. way that the scheduling goes. Uh, we're running right. we're running short on time, but I want to hit one major other topic with you. Okay. Uh, since you referenced major league ball players, uh, mm-hmm. I want to talk about the two former major league players that are now roaming around at Dishfalk <laughs> Field. Okay, David Pierce, arguably, uh, he's another guy who needed to have a big off season, and I think he certainly did by number one keeping players off scooters. That's huge, <laughs> and then number two. The off-season hires of Tulo and Houston Street, what do you think two former All-Stars are going to bring to the Longhorns coaching staff? Two major league hires, basically, and big league hires. Because you got two guys with instant you know, name identification. You know, And David Pierce told us uh, this morning that, oh, my God, these guys are just in all of them. They're just soaking up every word they should be. coming out of their mouths. And- yeah, why wouldn't you? I even asked him, too. I said, I bet that's opened a lot of recruiting doors, isn't it? It's like, oh, hey, meet our uh, volunteer assistant, Troy Tulewiski. Hey, Troy, <laughs> say hi. You know, and, and hell, the parents are going to want to come meet Troy Tulewiski. So, yeah, that's uh, no-brainer, boy. Getting those two on staff as a, as a volunteer assistant and student assistant. And, you know, and, and you're right about the offseason. He won the offseason, but he didn't win anything during the season. You go, 27 27 mm-hmm. last don't even make your conference tournament you know like like david said every spot's open so absolutely uh, as it should be you know as it should be and, uh, and i asked him about well how about catcher and shortstop you know those are the two big positions that went awry last year uh dj petrinsky had shoulder surgery he's not even throwing yet but he's being counted on but he's got six catchers so he's got something to pick from and he's got about as many shortstops as well after David Hamilton uh, got hurt on the scooter. Oh, by the way, when we left Royal Memorial today, you know, we saw Sam Ellinger riding by on a scooter. Oh and, my uh, God! Do you want almost, do you want this podcast to just explode? Everyone's head explode that listens to this thing. We had a conniption. We're just out there minding our own business. Me and Danny Davis and Aunt Geronimo and Bob Ballou, and then we were talking about baseball and David Hamilton, and then zipping by. Sam Ellinger, we're did he, going, are you kidding me? Did he at least wave? So, uh, no, uh, he was concentrating on the road. He was driving very, very carefully. So, okay, uh, well, that's all right. <laughs> we break news here on the podcast. You know well, that. Well, so, that is depressing. I'm going to. As long as that's the only thing we break is news. So with uh, all this football, I guess Tom's out recruiting DBs this week, right? Well, it's actually let's talk about that real quick. He uh yeah. talk about the schedule. Tom said on the conference call that they are going to practice Tuesday and Wednesday and then a majority of the coaches will hit the road recruiting. Only two coaches right. will, only two coaches will hang back uh for Thursday and Friday's um practice 
if you will. So going to hit the road recruiting. Uh, Texas also has another bye week later in the season, and Tom right. said that they want to use uh, a lot of those recruiting days as well. So a very light week, a very yeah. light non-contact week. Um, and the, here's the real problem, though, as I see it, Kirk. Talking about this was said that a lot of these players who are hurt are going to be out at least four weeks. That pushes you past Oklahoma. But here's my question to you. Here's my question to you. I asked Cedric this earlier. As long as you've got Ellinger, if you have a very angry running Keontae Ingram and you've got this group of receivers, Texas should be competitive in every game, yes or no? Oh, absolutely, a yes. And as, as bad as it is losing two starters in Stearns and Jalen Green is best cornerback, you look at it, if they're only out four weeks, Brian, the next four weeks Texas is off at West Virginia, which doesn't look very good, even though they're, I guess, 3-1. and one. Oklahoma, we all know what a threat that is, and home against Kansas. So if, if they're going to miss four weeks in the schedule, these might be the four, other than Oklahoma, obviously. So, you know, I, I think we're talking about the uh, ability and athleticism on the basketball team. Mm-hmm. It's a very athletic secondary, you know, and I think, yeah, a lot of them, don't have experience, and when you lose two starters, that is not a good thing. But how about Chris Adamora? He had a big knockdown of a pass in the end zone. Then he, uh, what was it, onside kick, or what was it he did? He had two big plays, and, and Montreal Stell. Montreal Stell, absolutely, with a, so with they, a really they good place. They are getting good reps, and maybe they're going to further along their depth. And like I said, other than the Oklahoma game, I think, they won't have any problems surviving those uh, those other two games with the off week in there too. But uh, it's not a recipe you want to follow. Not at all. I'll say that. I'll not- say that. But yeah, I think the offense is so good. And Sam, I mean, what fifteen touchdowns, one pick. I mean, I can't believe he got better than he did last year because he improved so much freshman to sophomore. He just never ceases to amaze. Absolutely. Well, we need to wrap it up here. We've, we've run uh, way long, but that's okay. Talking about a lot of different issues this week. Uh, Kirk, I really appreciate it. This is, this is Brian Davis. This has been Longhorn Confidential. Remember, Longhorn Confidential is brought to you by Zaxby's. Take chicken to a whole new level of flavor. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or visit zaxby's.com. This has been Longhorn Confidential.